Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Jesse Moore, and welcome to Icon Leadership Podcast. Today on our podcast, we have Rita Love. She's a system administrator at St. Anthony's Care Center. Hello, Rita. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Well, hey, doing fine. Thank you for coming on the show today. Tell us a little something about yourself. Well, I am an administrator at one of the greatest nursing homes in Waco, Texas, and that's St. Anthony's Care Center. And it's a privilege to be there to serve the community as well as the elderly and residents of that facility. Oh, right, good. So tell me, uh, how long have you been there? I've been there three months, okay. but I've been with the company for 22 years. 22 years. That's a long time to be with a company. <laughs> yes, sir, it is. So they must treat you really good. They are the best of the best. I wouldn't be with them if it wasn't. Tell me some of the perks of having that job. Some of the perks is that you get to serve patients. You get to serve families. You get right. to serve the community. Um, and you're sometimes the only person that some of the residents have, and you're only one sometimes that makes their life worth living. Right. So it's a very big responsibility, but it's a very honor as well. Right. Okay. Tell me, what, what about your, your education? How did, how did your education prepare you for this role? Well, I started school, got, went to college, then I backed up a little bit, and then started again. So I finally finished my degree when I was 64 years old. Wow, great. And I got my administrator's license in one year, then my internship in one year. Wow. And completed it, and then God just brought me forward. Right, we're good, we're good. So you're a, a woman in leadership. Yes, sir. I'm sure there were some barriers. A few, yes. A few. So tell me, <laughs> let's talk about some of those barriers that you came up against. You know, some of the barriers were I had a family right. that was, first of all, first and foremost. But when the time came, God brought me forward and he opened doors for me. And the barrier of being a woman sometimes is a little difficult to get in the positions. But again, I work for some great people. All right. So so tell me, what, what, what do you think, you know, uh, what, what do you think holding women back from top jobs? I feel like sometimes it's the confidence they may have or may not have. Mm -hmm. I also feel sometimes they feel like they're overwhelmed with other responsibility as a woman. Mm -hmm. But you have to press through that. You have to move forward and know that you're just as important as anybody else. Right. And so, you know, for a young woman that's uh, that you would if you were mentoring a younger, a younger, a younger, a young woman, what would you tell? What would you what advice would you give them? I would advise them to first pray about it okay? because God has a plan for you. Right, right. And secondly, I would tell them your life is as important because you have a responsibility to yourself. And to yourself, you have to be responsible for what you do with your face, your life, and your education. Great, great. That's a great bit of uh, information there. What would you like to see employers do to accommodate women, you know? 
I'd like for everybody to have a fair chance. I'd like for everybody to be on the same board, across the board. Everybody have the same chances, the same opportunities, uh, the same pay even. Right. So, you know, that is a, a problem that they're, they're saying that, you know, the women are not being paid equally, you know, and, and I just don't see that at my at, at, at my facility. At mm-hmm. least I, 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 I pay them, you know, what they are, what they are worth. You know, when you look at, you know, when I go and do my evaluations and stuff like that, you know, I try to be fair with everybody, you know, I I keep Mm -hmm. good books, you know, and I keep my, you know, my documents and everything. And I, and I, and I pay for your performance, you know. And that's true, Jesse, because uh, again, I have a great employer and they're very fair and they give me all the leadership abilities to evaluate and accentuate those that need to do better. Mm-hmm. Or encouragement in some form or fashion, but we're not always lucky to have the same people like you and I work for. Right. So right. sometimes women do have to step up and make it a little bit more impressive, a little bit more, you know, not demanding, but at the same time let them know they're just as important as anybody else on that equal level. Right. So what is your process for making important decisions, you know, as a, uh administrator? Well, honestly, every day I pray. I don't right. walk into that facility until I pray. Right. And ask God to lead me um, to lead these patients and take care of them, lead for our employees. Uh, it makes my day go a lot better. Right. And then I also encourage our uh, employees to, to know their self-worth. Right. You know, because if it wasn't for them, these folks wouldn't have the great day that they're going to have. Right. So you have to encourage them and then lead by example as well. Right, right. What's the most difficult part of being a, a leader? <laughs> Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you just feel like I can't do this anymore. I can't. I wears yourself down. I feel like what can I do to make this better? But then you have to take two steps back, reevaluate, and step back up to the plate. Oh man! Wow, you must have been in one of my meetings today. <laughs> Golly, it's just uh, it's 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 rough sometimes. Mm-hmm. It it's rough, but you know only the strong shall survive. That's you right. know, and you if your your team see you crumble. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna crumble. That so you have to be strong for your team. Now I know that you know in those care centers like that, you have to deal with, uh, especially you have to deal with um, uh, the flu, right? Uh, and you have to deal with the COVID, you know, pandemic. Mm-hmm. How did you, man? How did you lead during the COVID? You know, I tell you, Jesse, that's been the hardest thing in my career mm-hmm. was the COVID. Um, one because families couldn't come in at one point. Wow. Uh, some of those patients never saw them for almost a year, some of them. Um, it's hard to do that. It's hard to understand. And then your staff is stressed, and we're under such guidelines, you know, right. uh, the powers that be. Right. And um, if you do wrong, then you're in trouble. And if you don't do right, you know, it's just it's a lot of pressure. Right. So you just have to persevere. Did you uh, lose any staff? Uh, when I say lose, did, you, uh, did any of your staff – workers pass away or anything like that no sir thank no. god they didn't right we had a lot that was sick right and of course at times there were times when we didn't have enough staff because of the covid and but we all made do and all of us leaders stepped up stepped into the plate and just right. filled in when it was necessary wow well that's that's that's, that's a rough deal that's <laughs> a rough situation because you know uh I, I remember the time you know I just had to be strong, yes. you know, just had to go in and do it. You know, I was scared, you know, and my team, they're looking at me. If I'm like, you know, hold up, well, y'all, <laughs> you know, right. I'm not going in there. And then it would have been the same way, and we couldn't take care of You That's couldn't take true. care of patients like That's that. True. So so what is the most and most difficult part of being a leader? 
well, I'd like to say stand, I feel like I owe them what I want them to see in me, so I owe them that accountability that I want from them. So the hardest part is for me to build myself up every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to ever fall short, but sometimes I feel like I do. So the hardest part of being a leader is sometimes you don't want to let your staff down. Right. You want them to see that what your goals are is what they need. Your goals are for what's best for the patients, uh, what's best for the families even. You know, we don't just take care of the patients. We involve the families as well. But our employees need to know how important they are in that role as well. Right. So tell me, uh, so you're dealing with elderly people. Mm-hmm. And you know how some people are about <laughs> grandma and grandpa, yes. mom and dad. Yes. When you have a irate patient or they're, I mean, not patient, but a family member mm-hmm. or they have concerns, how do you, how do you react? How do you go? How do you treat them? Well, we like to communicate. Right. Mm. We like to communicate, and we always want to know their side of the story. We always try to work it out and communicate with not only them but the resident. And then we have to let them understand. We understand that they could probably do better at home, but they're here with us. So let's work together as a group and a plan that we'll have for the family and the resident and us to make it better for everybody. Was there ever a a time that? You couldn't please somebody? Oh, yes. Yeah, I know, I know, right. <laughs> but, you know, if it was my mom, maybe I wouldn't be pleased either. Right, right. You know, I, so. <laughs> so what, 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 what are some of the mistakes that you see uh, other leaders make? I feel like sometimes they degrade their employees. Wow. They don't have respect for them. Um, and sometimes I feel like I've seen it in the past, not of anything I've worked for, but some of my department heads, you know, well, they talk down to them. That's not the way to build the morale up. Right. You respect your employees. You show dignity and professionalism to them. And most importantly, you lead by example. Right, right. And that's not a good example if you're going to be treating them like that. Right, right. So uh, what's Rita's greatest weakness? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I have a heart, and sometimes it's too big and too sensitive. Wow. And, you know, you know, and sometimes I get it. I yeah. get it because you want everybody to like you. Exactly. You want, you want the whole department, you want your whole facility to be like a one big, great, happy family. Yes. You know, yes. that's what we want. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what, that's what great leaders want. Yes, sir. You know, you want that because, you know, you just have that family-type atmosphere. Everybody get along. But, you know, there's always some that you cannot please, right. you know, but that's just the, that's just the way it is. Right. You know, that's I don't true. know why it's like that. You know, I don't know. But it just seems like we all always are a happy family, right. whether some of us are or not. You know, my thing is when I come on board somewhere, I'll say, now I have a team and I am the captain, mm-hmm. but I have a team and we're going to play. But I do not have a bench. Right. So if you're not going to play on the team. Wow. We don't have the bench. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So what is your, uh, okay, so we know your weakness. Yeah. What is your greatest strength? Well, that's kind of funny because I do have a big heart in a different direction. And my love for the residents are just my life. That's who I live to serve for. So I include everyone in them, not as a patient or a resident, but an individual and as a person. And so when we go to that level of care for those people. I want them to be cared for like they were my parents. Right. And that's what I expect from the staff. That's what I want from the staff. And I want the dignity to be given to them as well. Right. So, so when I was in, when I was in training, I had a, I had an instructor and she told me, and she said, you treat every patient like it's your grandmother. <laughs> Wonderful. 
you know, and mm-hmm. that was one of the things that, you know, that it always stuck in my mind. And I tell everyone that comes up under me and I say, hey, you treat every patient like it's your grandmother, you know, and that mm-hmm. went on. That goes a long way because you don't want anybody to treat your grandmother, exactly. you know, so you have to teach. Treat those patients with, you know, tender hands, with white That's gloves. That's it. Right. And if you do that, you know, you never go wrong. You know, right. it's so many times that you uh, you have people, I, I would have people just come back and, you know, maybe write a letter and mm-hmm. say, hey, Jesse was great or something like that. And, that, and, and you know, I wouldn't, when you're doing it, you're not doing it for the accolades. Right. You're right. doing it because of that's what's right. You're doing exactly. because you want to do a good job in the sight of the Lord. That's it. You have to work like you're working for God, not for that's your. You, sure, you're working for your employer. Right. But if we're Christians like we say we are, mm-hmm. you know, our work ethic's going to come out also like that. Am I right? That's correct. All right. Yes. All right. So tell me about how do you you, you keep your team motivated? Well, I'm one big cheerleader. <laughs> I just every morning we have a stand up meeting, and before that we have a prayer. Okay. Any of the employees are welcome to come that want to come. They don't have to, but it's an open door for that. Then we have a stand-up meeting. We go through the meeting, through the day, what's going to happen, where we're at. Today we celebrated one of our medication aides is getting married. So we had a shower for her. It was a surprise shower. I mean, her little spirits were just lifted up. Right. So we do things like that. You know, we motivate them, not just from this, but the fact that they're important. They're important people. Mm-hmm. So our morning meeting starts off with the department heads, which I in turn – include them to go out to their departments and lift those up, cheer them up. Right. So it's a battle of one, you have to be in unity. That's Mm -hmm. the whole thing. Your department heads have to be in unity because they have to go out and spread it all the way around. Right. Now I do make rounds every day, three and four times a day. I see the patients, I see the families, I see whomever. I have one family member that hugs me every day, and if he doesn't get a hug, he just, like, misses his whole day. Right. Well, it lifts me up, too. Right. So it's important that I know what's going on in the building. That desk is not important. It's what's out there in the facility. Do you – so when you're out there on the floor, you know your staff. Yes. Right. So you know who's busy, what wing is busy, what wing is not busy. Do you go into the the busy wing and say, Mm -hmm. hey, look, what can I do for you? Yeah. Yes, most definitely. That that means a lot. Yeah, I can answer a call lot just like anybody else. I can mop a floor. I can cook a meal. I can even give a shower. Whatever. I can't be a nurse because that's not my capacity. Right. But I can do. And I'm not going to ask anybody to do anything I wouldn't do myself. Right, absolutely. And I think your your staff, once they see that, mm-hmm. man, that's that's. That's man. That's 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 money. That's a buy-in. That's a buy-in <laughs> right there. When they see you know top you know mm-hmm. top dog is out there on the floor just like everybody else you right. know and hey look you know cleaning washing mopping yeah. and stuff like that and you know they 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 love that type of stuff yes. and they remember that type of mm-hmm. stuff you know mm-hmm. and so uh, you know so that's what kind of leader I want to be you yeah. know and so <laughs> I, I I walk around uh, you know and I. And I even the, I'm in I'm in my department, but I walk around to other areas and, yes. I'm, you know, I tell them you know, they're doing a good job. I really appreciate you because, you know, the people that answer the phone, those oh. people there are the ones. They are some hard workers. <laughs> That's right. They they're are important. Too. <laughs> they are very important because, you know, they're not happy. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the next phone call, you, you might just lost a client. Right. Correct. Yes. You know, so it's you that have first voice you hear. The, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, tell me, so how many guys do you manage? Well, I'll tell you this. I have about 12 and I love working with men. They just and women are good, too. Don't get me wrong. But they just have a different perspective of the job. They truly do. And, um, you know, it seems to me like not that the women don't. So I don't want to hear any of that. Bang, but, <laughs> <laughs> but when you ask, they jump. 
you know, and they say, yes, ma'am, what do I need to do? And it's not the fact that they're giving you that respect. It's just that they want to know that they want to do the best job for what you're asking them to do. Right. And then it kind of floods over into the others as well. Right. Right. So um, I understand because my sister, she just retired and she said that she'd rather supervise men than women. Yeah, well, I'm into that. <laughs> and I'm just a different. I'm, yeah. I'm just the opposite. Yeah. I'd rather supervise women than men. <laughs> well, let me go on record saying I love all my staff. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. But, yeah, yes, sir, yeah. I can get where your sister's yeah. coming from. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. right. And so I can, you know, so, you know, it's it's it's, it's different. It's yes, different. It it's is. different. It um, so tell me, how do you manage your, your, your team's performance? Well, we have evaluations and we have reviews, of course, quarterly reviews, and everybody, you know, is on a system and everybody is accountable again. Like I said, you know, we have round sheets and then I have department heads that are over those departments. Mm -hmm. And so I actually survey and review the department heads as well as far as their leadership and how they're doing. And like, you know, we sit down and talk about where do you think we're like not working this out as well? What do we need to do to fix this or how can we kind of tweak that? So it, it motivates from here down. Sure. And it has to go that way because if your department heads aren't motivated, then how would you expect your staff to be motivated? Right. Yeah. right. So tell me about a time you had to take corrective actions, you know, regarding someone's, you know, performance. You know, and I don't have a problem with that. That may sound kind of cold, but at the end of the day, it's my responsibility to make sure everybody's taken care of. Right. So if I see someone, I don't set anyone up to fail. That's not what we do. Right. But what we do is we want you to succeed. Mm-hmm. And so we have to train. We have to retrain sometimes. And sometimes we have to do teachable moments mm-hmm. is what I call it. Right. And so, you know, to do that, and if you give your effort and they try, and but they're still not accomplishing it, and then I say, well, you know, we have to come to agreement here. Because right now, even after everything we've tried to do for you, it's just not working. So I think you need to make the decision of what you're going to do. 99% of the time, they leave. They resign because it's not like, okay, get out of here. You failed because you didn't want anybody to leave like that. Mm -hmm. But you also want them to know maybe this isn't the field that you're required to be in. Maybe you need to do something else that makes you happier or more satisfied to take care of whatever it is you're doing because here we're not doing a great job. Sure. (laughs) And um, most of the time it works out that way. So are you the HR director also? No. No. Okay. Okay. I am privileged to have one of the best ones I've ever worked with. (laughs) Okay. And she's amazing. And um, she takes care of all that. Okay. But we do the discipline. We do the department heads and myself. We do the counseling. Sure. Um, You know, staffing's been a big problem all over Texas, not just Waco. Sure. So – a lot of people are under pressure. You know, we got a lot of people. We d- we're not short staff, excuse me, but, you know, you're always looking for help. Sure. So it does put a little pressure on them, but there's no reason not to do a good job. Absolutely. There's Absolutely. no reason. Absolutely. Communication is a, a, is a really big thing. Mm-hmm. How do you communicate with your staff on, you know, on, how do you keep them informed? Well, a lot of things. We have a program, of course, a computer program that notes and communications are all over it. Then we also have, like I said, the morning meeting. Also have a text message with all the department heads on it that no matter what happens, it happens through that. So everybody knows at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like we have a new patient coming in, bam, everybody knows what they're supposed to do. And our employees, there's a note at the sign-in sheet that they sign in in the morning. So if there's any updates, any new patients, things like that. And again, being on the floor is a big communication as well. 
So, so I have something because, you know, on, on your satisfaction surveys mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know, a lot, a lot of people, you know, was putting down that, you know, communication was a, wow. you know, they wasn't in, informed. So right. I said, you know what, I'm going to make sure that I inform everybody. So I put everybody in a group text. That's it. You know, <laughs> and so it. everybody, and I would have to, when I get new staff, I would have to go back and add <laughs> everybody in. I was like, oh my gosh, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? But it worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, my scores went up. You know, and so it, it, it worked. Right. That's because what our HR does, too. She added every department and individual it text messages. Right. It's just like it's on. It's gone. <laughs> right. Because once I have it there, I can go back and right. look and see, hey, did I send this memo out? Yes, I did. So I yeah. sent it on this day. You know, at this time, yeah. you know, you should have it, you right. know. so Makes us accountable, too. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, they hold, man, trust me, they hold me accountable. I know they do. <laughs> right. So right now we have, you, you mentioned that we have a staff shortage. Yes. What are your strategies? Well, we're blessed. We truly are because we do have staff and we do are using an agency some, but that has kind of calmed down a little bit. And so our staff has come together and, we have people that we offered a little incentive program. There you go. And so they are stepping up, working their days off. I mean, so we have plenty of staff as far as coverage. But you have to keep them motivated. Right. You have to keep them from tiring out. You have to just keep them going for the right reasons. Right. Um, we weekly call other nursing homes and see how they're doing, what their strategies are, how we might could help. So, but I feel very fortunate that at St. Anthony's, we are really blessed to have the staff we have. We're good. We're good. We're good. Truly, truly. What's the most important characteristic of a leader? Uh, There's a lot. (laughs) So to pick one, I would say trust. Right. Because your staff has to trust you, that you're going to lead in the right direction, that you're going to lead, take care of their, what they need to be taking care of, the residents in this case. And also that you're going to watch out over them, because if you don't, if they don't trust you, then you're you're just kind of right lost in the wind there. Right, right. So, uh, what is respect? Respect comes right under trust. Right, but you can't get respect without the trust. Right, integrity. Exactly. That's coming on number three. It's coming on number three. <laughs> All right. Because what your my father was a pastor for fifty eight years and probably one of the greatest men I've walked this earth besides Jesus, but. He was so loved by people because his word was his word. Right. And his name was his name. And that's something he always said to us was, you carry my name. Wow. And so you remember that when you're in the wrong place or you say the wrong thing or you do the wrong thing. And that has stayed with me all my life. Wow. And so it's something I carry into the work field as well. Right. Because our name is in the community. And our name and our care is in the community. Right. So I'm responsible for that. So, you know, I think because when people, when you're out there at Walmart or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, you are still an employee somewhere, exactly. you know, and they, you know, and so people know you from there. That right. person used to work at, at this place, right. the, that place, and they did that. You know, that person that worked over there at, at Baylor Scott and White, <laughs> right. you know, you know, and they remember that, right, you know, and exactly. but you represent. That's true. Just like we all are Christians and we represent That's right. Christ. That's right. So we have to be ready at all times, Right. right? Yeah, it's funny. I have an administrator in training, and she's working with me. She's going to get her administrator's license. And so the other night I saw she put something on Facebook. It wasn't bad, but it was just something. And it alleged to another communication uh, part that she used. And I told her today, I said, you know, you don't want to put stuff like that because they don't associate that with you. They associate the place you're going to be working. Absolutely. 
So be careful what you say, where you say it, right? Because you know, your name is out there now, and if you want a job, I wouldn't hire you, right? So, <laughs> hey, true story. That's it. That's true it. story. That's it. What's a good day for you? A good day is when one of the patients hugs my neck, or the other one says, "Thank you for coming by." Uh, those are good days. Those are good days when we know we've done a great job and we've done the best we could do. Families are happy. You know, there's always going to be something, Jesse, but. Those, those hugs and those smiles, or I was off one day for a seminar, and I came back, and lady said, I missed you yesterday. You come by three times, and I missed you all three times. <laughs> well, it made me sad because I had to be somewhere else. Right, but, right. You know, it made me feel good at the same time that they know you're going to be there. Right. And that builds so much trust with them as well. So why did you get into this field? This is the crazy part right here. I told you my dad was a pastor. So when we were young, every Sunday, we would go to a nursing home, and I'd play the piano, mother and my brothers and sisters would sing, dad would preach, and I said, Lord, don't ever let me come <laughs> to one of these places again. So all my life, I just, ugh, I just couldn't stand it. So I got married, and of course, divorced seven years later, and dad said, come home, because I got a job for you, and we'll help you with the kids. Didn't even ask, because I trusted him. First place I worked was a nursing home, <laughs> and I thought I was going to be in, in the office. I might could handle that, but no. I started out as a certified nurse's aide. Wow. And never done anything like that in my life. But, Jesse, it was like the best thing that ever happened to me. Right. And I've done it all my life. Like I said, I've been with this company for 22 years, but I've been in the nursing home business for 42 God has a place for you. Yes, yes. He has yes. a place for you. You know, that's the you know your story is pretty much like mine. Mm -hmm. uh, my grandfather was a was a was a minister. Mm -hmm. My mom played the piano. You know, <laughs> mom played the piano. Mom used to have me in the choir singing solos. <laughs> you know, I'm a little bit boy. You know, but uh, you know, hey, but I I get it. Yeah. I get it. I yeah. get it. I get it. And so you know, and mom was a type of person that anybody could talk to. She'll right. talk the paint off the walls. <laughs> I love it. You know, but that was it. Though, you know, so uh, if you could do anything differently, what would it be? You mean as a career or as in my life right now as far as serving? Just whatever. Well, I would. I just want to make things better than they are. And they're great now. So right. I don't know how you do that, but I think you never give up. Right. I think you keep on pressing and I think you keep on doing it so that not one day it's going to be perfect because nobody's perfect but Jesus Christ. Right. But at the same time, you want what's best for these patients and you want their lives to be reasonably happy and, and give them a, something to think about and look forward to. Right. And right. I think we do that. And right. I think we succeed in that, but right. there's always another better way. Right. Who's your role model? My father. Why? My dad. Very emotional talk about him. Right. The greatest thing in the world ever was him. Right. Yeah. Man, I hope my kids think of me like that. <laughs> Golly. They will. You know, we try. Hey, I, I know. I, I try day. hard. Oh, my gosh, I try. So uh, what's the best piece of advice for someone pursuing a role in leadership? You've got to love what you do. You have to love it because your heart has to be in it. If your heart's not in it, you're not going to have it. You're just not going to get that fulfillment. It's like a... My grandson plays select baseball. He is determined that's how he's going to get a college career. He's going to get a scholarship. His little, he's 10 years old, and he's already thinking about that. His heart is in it. I see him when he plays. You know, he just strives to do better every time. Right. And I don't know what God has for him, but I see it in his heart. 
So if your heart's not in it, and I tell employees this all the time, Jesse, don't do it. Do something that makes you happy and fulfilled. Right. Because if you're not, you're not going to help anybody. Right. You're gonna if you're miserable, you're gonna make everybody right. else miserable. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. You're so welcome. It's my privilege. You can find the show anywhere you get your podcast. You can find us at roguemedianetwork.com or you can email us at iconleadership at gmail.com or our website, which is iconleadership.org.